Hello friends, this is Caleb Suko and you're listening to the Now's the Time podcast. I'm coming to you from Odessa, Ukraine, and it has been a long time. I know for those of you who listen to the podcast, I hope there's still a few of you out there. I'm sure there are, but it's been a long time because I have not I've not recorded a podcast since we got back to to Ukraine. And that was February, what was it like 21st, 22nd, right around there. And so I think what happened was just in a way of explaining was that when we were in the States, I was putting up our, I was putting up a lot of my sermons because I was preaching every Sunday as we visited churches. And so, so I had that uh, content to put up. And then when we came back to Ukraine and, you know, honestly, it was just like a million things coming at me at once and began to do a lot more work with the church in, in Russian and and so i just i just you know i had to put that aside for a little while and i guess i shouldn't really apologize about that uh that's just the way life is sometimes and that to be you know saying that i'll let you know that i have really been able to put a lot of work into uh, the russian side of the ministry here and we've developed a podcast in russian and so now we have a podcast in Russian called Blogovesti Today. And in fact, I think what I'll do is I'll put a link in the show notes to to that uh, podcast in Russian. But that was that's been a desire of mine for quite some time to also develop a, a Russian podcast. And so what we did is we recently had our our church leadership conference called called the Biblical Bible Conference. Uh, in Belisarkov uh, for for church leaders, and the topic was the minister's family, and so just to begin that podcast, uh, we took the content from that conference and decided to go ahead and put it out on the podcast, and it was received very well. So it's on iTunes, and you can subscribe to it on Android and and all of that. So I'll put those links out uh, if you're on iTunes, you and you know Russian, <laughs> you can you can just search for Blagovestia today, which Blagovestia means uh, evangelism. Blagovestia today, that's the name of the, the podcast in Russian. But anyway, back to this podcast. Now is the time. Uh, I'm, I'm actually considering making a couple of changes to this podcast. And, and one is I may be making a change in the name of the podcast. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll save that. I'll save that for later. Uh, but today I want to talk about three ways that ministry can threaten the pastor's family. And this is really an important and close topic for me after our conference this month in Belitserkov which I'll tell you a little bit more about that conference. In fact, if you go to our website, sukofamily.org, the post right before this this podcast, I have a little report from our minister, or I forget sometimes what things are called in English, uh, minister's family conference. Man, what an amazing time that was. This this conference in Belitserkov has just really grown over the past year and a half, two years or so. We had our our most well attended conference ever, just this month, 
over a thousand people. In fact, unfortunately, we had to even turn away some people because just there just was not physically any room left. And the topic was the minister's family. And I've just become more and more convinced over the years in, in Ukraine and, and in ministry how vital of a topic that is for those in ministry to understand the biblical truths in regards to marriage, to family, to raising children, and how that impacts how that impacts our ministry and how ministry impacts our families. And so that's that's why I wanted to bring this this topic to you today on the podcast as well and talk about it from the side of how ministry sometimes can really threaten the family. And and it's just I've seen it happen too many times and it's something that that I struggle to balance in my own life as well to make sure that my wife and my kids are not becoming embittered by the ministry and that I'm not somehow damaging them because of the demands of ministry in in my own life. And so in a way, I'm just sharing with you some of my thoughts and, and how I want to be able to order my life so that I will have a strong family. Because here's the thing, um, if I know that I have a strong home life, a strong marriage, a good relationship with my children, that gives me a foundation and strength to minister to others. But if I allow my home life, my family life to weaken, if I allow those relationships to to weaken spiritually especially, I may be able to go out and minister despite that. God can, you know, sometimes uses us despite our problems, but my ministry is not going to be as effective and it probably will not be as long lasting. So it's just, it's vital to, to build that foundation in the minister's life of, of the family. And, you know, I was, I was so impressed by, by how many people showed up to our conference. And one of the things that we did this year was that, uh, we decided to go ahead and do a prayer time uh, for, for two mornings, the conference is three days. So the second and third morning to do a prayer time. And I led that prayer time. And the first morning we asked just the men to come. And since we'd never done anything like this, we didn't know who was going to show up, how many people were going to show up. Folks, we had about four or 500 men show up at seven o'clock on a Tuesday morning to pray for 60 minutes for their wives. And what, a, what an awesome and, and humbling experience that was to lead these men in prayer for a full hour as we prayed for our wives, as we asked forgiveness for how we might have sinned against our wives, as we prayed for their spiritual well-being, for their walk with God. And as we prayed one for each other, as we prayed for each other, 
uh, it was it was really a a wonderful wonderful time, and I got so many comments afterwards and and thanks for doing that. And then the second morning, we invited the wives to come as well, and we probably had five hundred plus there with with the husbands um, and wives. Obviously, not all, not everyone's wife came, but um, and you know we prayed for for the children. We prayed for our children. We prayed uh, for each other. We prayed for the children in in schools and for teachers. Uh, but you know, it's it's so important for us to connect these teachings with with our actions and and with prayer. And and I was so glad that our our conference speakers really brought good exposition of God's word to bear on these family issues, and then that we could just take this little step to begin praying. And and asking God to work in in our lives. So anyway, so th- that's a little bit about the conference, and uh, definitely appreciate uh, your prayers and, and your support in regards to that. God's certainly certainly blessed. Check the the little report on sukofamily.org on the Ministers Family Conference for pictures, a little bit of video, and and uh, and written report from me. But let's look at this, these three ways that ministry can really threaten the family. And the first one is, is really quite simple. Ministry demands too much time sometimes. Ministry demands too much time. And one of the things that I was reminded of as even in this conference and as, as I've been studying a little bit in First Timothy is the requirements for an elder, one of those requirements is that he must manage his own household well with dignity, keeping his children submissive or or obedient, okay? And the whole idea of manage his household well, you know what, guys? That That means that's time. That has to be time. You cannot manage anything well if you are not giving it sufficient time. And ministry, by its nature, is a bottomless pit of time. I don't care if your church has 20 people or 2,000 people. Every church, every ministry is always a bottomless pit of time. And not only is it a bottomless pit of time, but in my experience, there are really not that many church members who understand the demands placed on a pastor. In fact, I remember once early on in my parents' ministry, I don't I don't know how old I was. I think maybe I was 10 years old or something. I, anyway, I remember my dad, he did this survey of the church members, as, and, and he asked them, Basically, okay, here's, you know, number of different functions that the pastor should do, like studying for his Sunday morning service, um, having meetings with with the church leaders, uh, counseling people, and, you know, but there was a number of, of things, you know, and, and he said, how many hours a week uh, do you think the pastor should spend on all of these things? And, and what I remember of that was that one lady returned this questionnaire, and she came up with more hours than actually exist in the week than there are actually in the week. And, and, you know, unfortunately, that's, I think, how many church 
members view it. They, they And they don't see a lot of that time that's put in. And so we as pastors have to keep that in mind too, uh, that, that oftentimes the church members uh, will expect us to give them time when it may actually just be impossible for us to do it. So it's just something to, to keep in mind. But that is why we have to set certain limits, and that is why we have to keep our rest time, view it as a holy, sanctified time. And let me ask you, friend, if you are in ministry, when do you rest? Do you rest? Do you take a day off? Does your family know about that day? Does your church know about that day? And when you take a day off, are you just, you know, running errands and doing this and that and the other thing and, and not actually really resting? We have to rest and we have to take time for our family. If I come home empty, how can I minister to my family? If I'm coming home empty every night from, from ministry, how can I minister to my family? I have nothing left. If I come home empty every single night, what kind of example am I setting for my family? If I come home empty, what attitude will my wife and children develop towards church? They're going to look at church as, oh, that's, that's the thing that's taking all of my dad's time. That's the thing that's taking all of my husband's time. And they're going to, they're going to be embittered for it. So friends, we have to set some uh, standards, some limits, and, and then follow through on them, which I know from personal experience can be very, very hard to do. But I also know that if I don't do it, I'm shooting myself in the foot and I'm shooting my family, Okay. And that's not biblical. <laughs> that is definitely not biblical. So, so ministry can demand too much time, but it is up to to us. It is up to the church leader, the ministers, to say, oh, to guard their time, because when you guard your time, and you take your rest, you are guarding your family, as well as your own physical and spiritual well being. Okay, uh, the, the second threat that ministry can often have on the family is. When ministry activity replaces gospel actuality, okay, you probably, I don't even know if, if, if how well I phrased that, but let me say it again so you just, you can think about this. Ministry activity replaces gospel actuality. Here's, here's what I mean by this. Gospel actuality, what is it? It is who we are in Christ. It is the truths of the gospel and their effect upon our hearts, upon our thoughts, upon our spirits, okay? It is our, our growth in Christ. That it, Those are the gospel truths, the gospel actualities in our life. And what happens is that too often the temptation is to turn ministry into functions, ministry into activity, ministry into things that I do and places that I go. And here I want to remember something that Paul said to Timothy when he gave him instructions about how he ought to behave in the church, as he told, tells Timothy in 1 Timothy. He says, 1 Timothy 4, 8, for while bodily training is of some value, 
godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for this present life and also for the life to come. What is Paul saying? Bodily training is simply an activity, right? Yeah, it has some value. All activities in church, hopefully they have some value just in the activity of them. But what we really want to focus on is the actuality of those gospel truths and their outcome in our lives. Godliness. Godliness is what has value, real value. Godliness comes from an outflow of the gospel truths in our life. Is the gospel actually there? Is that your focus rather just on, I need to succeed in this, or this church ministry needs to succeed? And what happens is when we focus on the success of our activities, of our church ministries, of the functions of the church, when that becomes our main focus, then the success of the church ministries takes priority over the gospel truths. And doing ministry supersedes being in Christ. And spiritual growth is put aside and replaced with ministry activity, planning, meetings, etc. And the problem with all of that is that I cannot expect to lead my family spiritually if I am not growing spiritually, if I am not being spiritually led, if there is no discipleship happening to me, that is going to be detrimental on my spiritual status, my spiritual well-being, and on my families. So we cannot allow ministry activity to replace gospel actuality. A little bit later on in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, Paul mentions this to Timothy. He says, practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Paul is talking about Timothy's spiritual state here. He's not talking about specific ministry programs. He says, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Dear friend, if you are a minister, the best thing that you can do for your people and for your family is to focus on your own spiritual well-being. Um, I, w- I want to talk for a minute about Paul David Tripp's book, Dangerous Calling. I read it a couple of years ago, and I, I've gone back to it recently because there's just so many real great nuggets of wisdom, especially for church leaders in that book. And I'll put a link to the book in the show notes for, for this episode. But let me read to you a couple of quotes that I think help put this idea of gospel truth over ministry activity, okay? First of all, he says this. Pastor, make sure you are being pastored the entire time you are pastoring others. Seek out mature and reliable a mature and reliable person with whom you can share your heart. Work to build that person a sturdy 
bond with that person, a sturdy bond of trust. Refuse to live without this kind of person in your life. Meet with this individual as frequently as possible. Share your struggles with him and be humble enough to listen when pastorally spoken to. And I wonder how many pastors have someone who can pastor them? I'm thankful that I have one or two people in my life like that, but it's probably something that I need to work on myself. It's so, so important. And then uh, one more quote here from Paul David Tripp's book, Dangerous Calling. The emphasis upon these gospel truths that have to take priority over ministry activity. He Anyway, I'll read the quote here and you'll see. When you forget the gospel, you begin to seek from the situations, locations, and relationships of ministry what you have already been given in Christ. You begin to look to ministry for identity, security, hope, well-being, meaning, and purpose. These are things you will only ever find vertically. They are already yours in Christ. So you have to fight to give the gospel presence in your heart. Paul David Tripp, Dangerous Calling. So, guys, come on. <laughs> Don't allow ministry activity to replace gospel actuality. Okay, and let's talk finally about the third thing, the last one here. Ministry, how does it, how does, can it threaten our families? Ministry can threaten our families when ministry steals our treasure. And this I'm also taking from Paul David Tripp's book, Dangerous Calling. Uh, he talks a lot about the treasure principle. Matthew 9, 6, 19-21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 9, or Matthew 6, 19-21. So the treasure principle here is so vital for the family. Because here's, here's the natural sinful inclination of, of what happens often in the minister's heart. Instead of treasuring God, we treasure ministry success. Instead of treasuring God, we treasure what others say or think about us. Instead of treasuring God, we treasure the volume and quality of our work. We treasure buildings, parking lots, pews we treasure well-planned and well-executed ministry we treasure numbers we treasure offering plates and budgets we treasure individuals in our church sometimes you know how we do that well if this person leaves the church they're such a skilled youth minister we have to do everything to keep them here wait wait a minute this is Christ's church. It is not dependent upon that one person in your church to keep that, the church going. Yeah, the ministry might stop, but this is Christ's church. We cannot raise any individual to that level. We must not compromise. So when we treasure anything above God, what it does is it damages our ability to be an example for our family. 
And, and I really think that children have an uncanny ability to see, to sense, to feel what it is that we as parents really treasure. Ask your kids about it. It might be kind of scary. How <laughs> would the answer? What, what, hey, hey, son, hey, daughter, what, what do you see in my life? What, what do I really want more than anything? What do I treasure more than anything? What do I value more than anything? Ask your kids. I bet you their answers might surprise you. They might be a little tough to hear. Children see that. Your spouse sees that. And when you get your treasure off, when your treasure becomes ministry, when your treasure becomes a church building, when your treasure becomes excellent preaching, you do damage to your relationship with your wife and with your children. It is only with the foundation of a treasure in God that we can correctly lead our families and our children to treasure that as well. Because when we don't treasure what we're supposed to treasure, how can we expect that our children and our spouse are going to treasure what they should treasure? Here's, here's what Paul David Tripp says about it in his book, uh, Dangerous Calling. It is critical to understand that your ministry will always be propelled or be victimized by what you treasure. When you treasure what God says is truly valuable, your ministry will be protected and enhanced by the treasure commitments of your heart. But when you treasure things that God doesn't say are important, you find yourself in the way of rather than part of what God is doing in your ministry at that moment. And I would add to this, that's the end of the quote, by the way, I would add to this, when you treasure what God says is not important, you victimize your family. Allow your family to see from the depths of your heart that more than anything, you treasure God, you treasure your relationship with God, you treasure those gospel gifts of grace and mercy and forgiveness more than anything. And that, that will protect your family. So friends, there it is, three ways that, that ministry can possibly threaten your family when it demands too much time when ministry activity replaces gospel actuality and when ministry steals our treasure i hope that was helpful for you and friends i will try to get out a few more podcasts here soon so i'd love to hear from you we are uh, deep in ministry here in ukraine uh, got some exciting things going on in ministry, but I've already shared too much, I think, in the way of an update. So I'll share, I'll wait for next time to share with you some really exciting changes in our church ministries, some uh, new things uh, coming up, uh, plans coming up. God has opened some huge doors of opportunity for the gospel 
and 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 we are doing our best to step through those doors so appreciate your prayers check out sukofamily.org sign up for our email updates if you don't already get them at sukofamily.org slash pray and friends until next time be blessed <laughs>